episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 7, Episode 2, The Hood. The original air date for this episode was September 23rd, 1991, which I think is an anniversary of the premiere. I think that's the okay. six-year anniversary oh, of, oh, oh, of the right. show. I think it started on the 23rd. I could be mistaken about that. It's definitely starting on September 23rd this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was directed by Michael Bahar, and it was written by Rick Middleman. Middleman. <laughs> yep. Why don't we describe this episode in brief? <laughs> uh, in this episode, MacGyver, while moving to his new neighborhood, gets wrapped up in, a, in a, I guess, an assassination plot. Um, I think we, dis- we we had this discussion before. We're like, yeah, is it an assassination or is it just murder? If it's just a normal guy, yeah, I think it's just murder. <laughs> a plan for a murder. A planned murder. Uh, so, and if you didn't know we were in LA from the first episode, which you probably didn't, you, you definitely st- know now. Yeah, because we just have skaters and surfers and girls in bikinis yeah, rollerblading they're, they're down in Venice Beach or Santa Monica area. Yeah, and it, it's like, oh well, yep, this is LA. Yeah. Um, and if that still wasn't enough, wait till you meet MacGyver's neighbors. Yeah, <laughs> because you got and the roommates. Yeah, you guys got the hippie, the hippie landlord who lets everyone slide on their rent. Yeah. Um, and uh, he is like the long-haired, wearing one of those crazy. What are those shirts called? That, that the hippie, the hippie town shirt that he's wearing. Tie dye. No, no, it's not because it, like because it's like. Got all kinds of, like the things on the sleeves and it's like a, like a longer V-neck kind of thing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure there's a name for the shirt, but he's wearing like a hippiest the hippiest shirt ever. Um, and that's uh, Mel Krasny. Yeah, that's who's played by Adrian Sparks. Who uh, the only credit that I was going to bring up was that he was Jedediah Bar uh, Jedediah Barley on Briscoe County. Jedediah Barley. Hmm. The episode's called Senior Sprint. Oh, Senior it. Spirit. Sorry, Senior Spirit. Yeah, okay, I know that. Because like, I know that episode. I think it auto-corrected. Uh, Jebediah Barley? Well, um, I, I think I know who, I think I know exactly who he plays then. Because that's a, it's a, one of my favorite episodes. Yeah. Because um, it's got uh, Arlene Ermey, and it's got John Bly, and it's got uh, Professor Wickwire, John Aston. Yeah. So, oh, and it's also got, uh, uh, not James Marsden, Jason Marsden. Right. The voice actor. Yeah. Uh, not the Cyclops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it's a really good episode, and it's got the orb. Oh my god, that's such a great episode of Frisco <laughs> County. You have no idea. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, Mel Krasny uh, is there as MacGyver arrives with his moving van, and we get a hint that MacGyver's houseboat burned down. Yeah. They don't talk about it other than this line of, I can't believe you salvaged this much from the houseboat. And he says, yeah, I had a good smoke detector. Yeah. What does that mean? Like – like so, the house is on fire, and he goes, "Oh!" He literally spent like two hours moving things out of the house while it burned down. Right. Instead of just putting out the fire, like the MacGyver fire. would have done. <laughs> I find it really hard to believe that MacGyver did not have enough stuff to put out a fire in his house. Honestly, I think it would have been funnier if he's like, "I can't believe you salvaged this much stuff from the house fire," and he's like, "Yeah, well, my idiot friend constantly plays the prank of taking all my furniture out of my house, and mm-hmm. he did it the night before it burned down." <laughs> That would have been good. Yeah. Or have the house sink. Like something he couldn't prevent. Honestly, just have it the Jack Dalton sunk it. Yeah. Just have that be the joke. He he finally built that ultralight and it ended up tipping yeah. over the, the house or something. It wasn't as ultralight as it was supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> Turned out it was a friggin' anchor. Uh, <laughs> that's actually 
really much more funny plot. Uh, so as MacGyver's unloading, a, another neighbor, Kelly Dobbs, uh, comes running over and... Uh, uh, Basically asking for more time to pay her rent. Yeah. she Apparently Mel owns the entire street. Right. Uh, or at least a lot of the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so it's kind of like, kind of almost like kind of weird. I don't know. Um, he, he was a lawyer, so maybe he did have a lot of money built up that he was able to invest in all his property. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's basically the white, white cloud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had all this money and he decided, ah, I don't want that. I'm going to go. I'm just going to protect my own people. The hippies. The hippie. Uh, so, uh, she invites MacGyver over for dinner since she's sure that, uh, he has like no food or anything yet. Yeah. She she is like the wannabe Penny Parker of this episode because yeah. she never stops talking, uh, and uh, she needs bus she fare. She wants desperately to be an actress, mm-hmm. and she just booked a beer commercial. Uh, she asked Mel for bus fare because uh, her friend uh, uh, what was a friend's name Molly, I think Molly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Molly borrowed her car, right? And she needs to take over a manicure appointment for Molly while Molly's on an audition. Yeah. It's a very complex situation. Yeah. Molly also wants to be an actress. Um, I, Kelly Dobbs is played by uh, Nancy Sloan, who the biggest thing I saw was on The Bold and the Beautiful. Um, yeah, 167 episodes. Yeah. I mean, I, as we know with like with uh, soap operas, a lot of those are just credit only sometimes. Right, yeah, but yeah. still, it's a good run. But it's also a five-day-a-week show, so mm-hmm. that could be the case. Uh, Four or five days. Five days a week. Maybe they do. Seems like they're on all the time. Yeah. It's it's such a crazy turnaround for a show. You know though, it I feel like soap operas are kinda like Doctor Who where there's so many of them that people get sucked into it. Like mm-hmm. even people that have otherwise discriminating tastes like sit down and they watch like two weeks and just because there's so much material coming out of the show mm-hmm. and it's shooting all the time and it's coming out every day that they get really thoroughly invested in the characters. Yeah. That's why there's like a thousand two hundred episodes of Dark Shadows. <laughs> that yeah. show just ran for so long and forever. they had an episode every day come out. I I really wish Burton had taken that movie in another direction. Uh did you see it? I did, yeah. It I don't know who the audience is for that movie because sometimes it's really goofy. I think it's just for Tim Burton to watch. Yeah. It, it's like sometimes it's like really Adam's family goofy funny, but then he straight up murders people in horrible ways. It's like, well, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Like it goes from it goes from like Willy Wonka to to friggin' uh, Sleepy Hollow in in like two steps. Yeah. It's like how did we get here? Yeah. Um, I I did like uh, is it. Eva Green? Who, yeah, yeah, she's great. I, I liked her, especially her final fight where she's just getting more and more like goofy, like her hair's all frazzled and she's yeah, just yeah. like, like keeps having to crack her bones back into position. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I think I think that that's actually kind of fun. Yeah, and and I love Chloe Grace Moretz. She is amazing. Yeah. Uh. So anyway, Kelly's on her way to uh, do a manicure appointment, and. Uh, her apparently her appointment is a gentleman by the name of Lyle Knox. Right. Or uh, I think his full name was like uh, J. Leland Knox. Yeah. But yeah. they never refer to him as that. Right. But that's what he's credited as. But there's there's two Knox brothers. Yeah. Uh, 
There, there's Lyle and Tyler. Right. No one talks about Hard. Right. The brother of Hard. Uh, hard knocks. No. All right. No. Opportunity. Get out. Opportunity knocks. No. Nope. <laughs> Fort. Fort Knox. No, nope. that's what they call the South. Uh, <laughs> oh my God! If they didn't do that, why didn't they do it? They should have. <laughs> oh, that's upsetting. Yeah. So Lyle is getting a uh, uh, his his uh, fingers done, and uh, when uh, Tyler and a third person, Bobby Lee, come in, he's of course. Very curious why Bobby Lee has been brought in. Right. Uh, Bobby so, spelled B-O-B-B-I-E in the yeah. subtitles. Which yeah. Seemed weird to me. I, I guess that's maybe the. I guess when yeah, you I when you ha- when you associate it with Lee, that, that's, that's, I don't that's think the spelling. So. I, think, I think usually with Bobby Lee, it's B-O-B-B-Y, but who knows? Uh, well, so Lyle and Tyler go off into another room to talk uh, quietly. While Bobby Lee is left with Kelly. Yeah. A lot of characters, so keep yeah, up with me. Yeah, because Knox basically realizes this person can't be here for this conversation, so I'm going to pay her so that she can leave early. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he steps out of the room to go have his conversation, but he leaves Bobby Lee in there with her. Yeah. Who is instantly attracted to her. And right. And goes up and starts hitting on her. Yeah, they, they, they actually have – and she's not totally – disinterested right in the banter like she's but for some reason she's continuing the charade that she is molly yeah and gives him molly's information yeah which is strange yeah and i don't know if she's actually interested in him like i wonder if this is her like phone number or molly's phone number well yeah i mean i suppose it could just be the house number yeah yeah uh so uh, she leaves, and then uh, Bobby Lee is called back into the room with Lyle and Tyler, where they proceed to talk about uh, an, uh, a murder that Bobby Lee is going to commit. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Kelly forgets her sunglasses, so she comes back into the house yeah. and starts listening to the conversation of uh, them killing a gentleman by the name of Victor Nesbitt, yeah. who's, a, I guess, an accountant who's going to go to the police with some information or yeah. something like that. Um, We're all going to know his name tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what he keeps saying. Anyway. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, when he's that, when he's checking into the hotel, he's like, I'm Victor Nesbitt. You're going to know who I am oh. soon. I'm, you might not recognize my name now, but you will. That's, I don't remember that. <laughs> that's really weird. I don't know why he keeps doing it. Uh, so Kelly, of course, overhears like, most of the conversation, and then uh, Lyle happens to see her reflection in like a curio cabinet. It's got like a reflected background. Yeah. And, uh, and then as soon as she knows that she's been spotted, she runs out the front door and she very cleverly takes a rake and puts it through like the door knocker, uh, yeah. and, and braces barricades the door with it from the other side. And so they can't open it inward. Yeah. I was like, well, that was really quick thinking. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought of that actually. Yeah. Um, so they have to run around the back and she, of course, uh, needed to take the bus. Uh, this doesn't seem like it's on a bus route because it's like like a kind of a dirty yeah. more country road. Yeah. But um, so she has to run and jump onto the back of a utility or some kind of like uh, there's a name for that kind of truck that has like that wood paneling. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a it's a it's a it's a flatbed truck, but to keep stuff from falling out, they have like fake wood fencing that go all the way around it. Mm-hmm. There's a name for that kind of truck. 
Well, anyway, she jumps into the back of one of those. Yeah. But, uh, of course, they, they think that they have all her information because they have Molly's card right. to Mama Lorraine's uh, manicure and hairstyles. Ha- right. It's like Haitian style or Haitian creations yeah, yeah. or something like that. Haitian yeah, creation. Haitian creation. That's, yeah, that's, say, like, that's, a, that's a much better – it's got a good flow to it. Uh, so now he, Bobby Lee has two hits to make, and he doesn't have time for both. Right. So uh, Bobby Lee meets with his cousin Willie – it says that your job is to take care of Molly, who is Kelly. Yeah. Uh, uh, meanwhile, MacGyver is still kind of we keep we keep once in a while we cut back to MacGyver just moving stuff in to the apartment. Yeah. Um, part of the area that they they move into is like I guess it's the garage portion of the house. Yeah. Where MacGyver was wheeling in his motorcycle, which was interesting. Uh, and uh, but Mel is saying like, okay, so this is my spot. That's your spot. And that's Robo's corner. And that's Robo's corner. Uh, so, uh, and you can see, like, already that Robo's corner is, like, covered in paint. Yeah. Uh, they talk about uh, why Mel got out of the business. That uh, he he was, like, at first, like, he was defending other hippies and, and civil rights. He was, like, he was the Dr. Gonzo. Yeah, Like, yeah. The, the, more of the... The, uh, the Peter Boyle character. Yeah, the more of the... The, where the buffalo roam. Exactly, yeah. He was more of that kind of Dr. Gonzo. Um, but then eventually the, those people started becoming like drug dealers and criminals. And he became less interested in like the plight Defending of... Defending them, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mel also keeps talking about like MacGyver getting used to the neighborhood. Like it's like, oh yeah, that's just the way the neighborhood works. We all look out for each other. We all keep... We all like mind our own business and... It's kind of only... like a, a hippie commune. Yeah. Almost. I, I, my note was he keeps talking about the neighborhood and understanding how things work around here. Oh, it's like a cult. Yeah. It's like you'll figure out how things work around here soon enough. It's like you're gonna meet my buddy Charlie Manson. <laughs> you're gonna get real cool. Uh, so uh, the phone rings at the at the play, at MacGyver's new place, and uh, apparently like Mel had had his his calls forwarded there. Yeah. Because. Maybe he's a roommate there too. I don't quite. It seems I, like the three of them are sharing the living space. Yeah. Um, like it's a big, like it's a big enough house that they could all share. Yeah. But uh, that's why they have to share the parking area. Yeah. Uh, so Mel answers the phone and uh, he's like very like upset of the phone call when he hangs up. He says that uh, he has to go down to the morgue and ID Molly's, uh, sorry Kelly's, Kelly's body because Kelly's body, they found her car smashed up. So MacGyver goes down with her, with him, and when they look at the body, it's not Kelly. It's right. Molly. And they, that's when they realize that there's been the mistake. And Kelly, now riding on a bus, sees somebody... So the police thought that it was Kelly because it was Kelly's car? Yeah. Because Molly that, borrowed Kelly's car? Yeah, and I guess she didn't have her license or any other information yeah. with her. It just seems like you wouldn't identify the body and then call someone to come identify it. Yeah. Without that, at least having the person having the ID on them. Mm-hmm. But uh, because the, it wasn't like the car caught fire and they couldn't identify yeah. the body. The body yeah, was the body fun. looked the same as she did when she was alive. Yeah. She got basically driven off the side of the road into the water and yeah. drowned. Um. Kelly's watching a, a news report about it on the bus where someone has like a portable TV. Yeah. Um, 
and they're saying her name and that she drowned. Mm-hmm. Even though that's not how it works. You wouldn't announce that a person is dead yeah. before the police had identified the body. Yeah, but the report says that they got the wrong girl. And, of course, Tyler and Lyle Knox are watching the report at the same time. And they're very upset at Bobby Lee. Yeah. And he says, like, we hired you to do a job. How did you mess this up? It's like, well. You told me to kill this Molly person. I killed Molly. Yeah. Um, he, Technically he, speaking, I did exactly what you asked. Yeah. Uh, he also, though, throws but his cousin Willie yes. under the bus. Yeah. I mean, he had to, really. Because yeah. he was like, hey, I got a lot on my plate. I got a lot of people to kill. And uh, I farmed this one out. Yeah. So, uh, of course, Lyle and Tyler want things taken care of right now. Yeah. So, uh, MacGyver and Mel are looking around for signs of where Kelly might have gone. Because, obviously, she's still missing. Yeah. Molly's dead and Kelly's missing. Uh, and that's when Mama Lorraine comes running down the street to talk to them. Right. Um, she had a bad dream about Kelly and thinks that someone's trying to hurt her. Yeah. Uh, like, I had a terrible dream last night. I think something's going to happen to Kelly. And it's like, oh, did you hear about Molly? <laughs> <laughs> Molly was murdered today. Did you, did you mean Molly? Was that, have, was that a part of your dream? They, they share a lot of common letters. Maybe you had a terrible dream about Kelly's car getting murdered. <laughs> I have a horrible vision about the car. Is the car okay? This is Mama Lorraine's first of three episodes. Mm-hmm. She's played by Kimberly Scott, who showed up in The Abyss yeah. as Lisa One Night Standing. Yeah. Um, I never knew that that was her full name. Yeah. And so, because they would just call her One Night. Yeah. Um, and I don't even, I it must be in the credits that they yeah. put her complete name. Um, or maybe in the extended edition they say it. Yeah. Um, because like you know, it's like oh one night, but it's also like James Cameron to to have a character who only goes by their nickname because their nickname is actually a clever play on their actual name. Yeah. So like her her name's Standing. So like one night Standing. Yeah. It's like that's really fun. And had I known her full name, I would have appreciated the joke even more. Yeah. But also one night is also kind of a cool nickname. Sure. Uh, and, and I mean realistically, if you refer to someone as a nickname with a nickname. You're not going to ever refer to them with their full name. Exactly. So it makes sense to kind of leave that out of the story. Um, I also love The Abyss so much. Yeah. I, it really is my favorite James Cameron movie. I need to revisit it. I, I don't think I've seen it since, like, it came out. It's been a long time. Like, came out, came out? Yeah. Like, in the 80s? Yeah. Oh. Probably. I don't think I've seen it since very early childhood. I just okay. remember that. I guess I guess it came out in 1990. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it came out in 1990. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really great. Don't watch the extended edition. It 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 explains a little bit more, but it gets a lot more heavy-handed Avatar preachy. So it's like the director's cut of Donnie Darko. Uh, It's like, why did you add these scenes? This is terrible. uh, I actually haven't seen the director's cut of Donnie Darko. Don't. It's a waste. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, the the extended edition of the Abyss has, it it it. It's like I said, Avatar. It's basically like man is bad. We make war. We're terrible people. Yeah. Um, r- rather than being this thing about, which is kind of still what it's about with their normal edition, but yeah. it's it's not like slapping you in the face with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I can, I can make my own interpretations. Yeah. But anyway, that's Mama Lorraine. She is a a voodoo priestess. Uh, <laughs> yep. So that that's happening now on MacGyver. Uh, 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 Mel, of course, is never one to dismiss one of Mama Lorraine's dreams. Yeah. 
And so uh, he asked Mama to watch the house in case uh, Kelly calls in or comes home. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Kelly is trying to elicit the help of a meter maid who just seems really excited that there's a concept that, yeah, that she might like, be. I don't have to do just meters today. There's an actual case for me to be on. Yeah. Um, Kelly tells the meter maid that – who's just credited as meter maid, so yeah. I'm not trying to be yeah, mean yeah. Uh, uh, – that uh, she'll be at Theater One, which is the theater where she put on a, a production. Yeah. Um, but the meter maid, like, doesn't get enough information about, like, wait, what's your name? Who are you? What are you talking about? Where? Oh, there goes my murder case. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Mel is talking to uh, – I don't know who this is supposed to be. He says his name is Sergeant Lee. Yeah. But on IMDb, the actor who plays this character is credited as Sergeant Rudley. Yeah. So I don't know if they're calling him Lee as in a nickname, like Rudley, so he just goes by Lee. Or his first name is Rudd. Yeah. Like, like yeah, Paul. Yeah, sure. But the actor's name is John Hostetter. Mm-hmm. He'll come back as this character in The Walking Dead, so maybe we get another chance to figure out what his name is. Yeah. But he's also the uh, voice of Bazooka on G.I. Joe yeah. and Ramhorn on Transformers. Nice. Uh, as was the case with those Hasbro shows. People tended to do voices on both of them. Right, right. Like our friend uh, Abby's father did voices on oh, yeah, he did each both. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was the Cobra Commander. Right. Um, and Starscream. Yeah. Yeah, he's amazing. Uh, so uh, MacGyver plans to head over to the theater just in case. Again, checking places where she might go. Yeah. Um, because all her stuff is still at the theater, and she still has the keys apparently. And there's posters all over town, or at least all over the hood. Yeah. Of the most recent show that that she did, which was called Red, White, and Blood. <laughs> so when we get to the theater, it's covered in like skeletons. And yeah. Halloween decorations. Although, if you're gonna go like Red, White, and Blood. Yeah, I would have gone. I would have gone. Replacing blue with blood. I, I would have gone blood, white, and blue. Yeah. Uh, but I guess that's more cumbersome. Yeah. Or dead, dead, white, and blue. There you go. No. I no, I fixed it. Terrible. I Get fixed out. it. I would not see that. <laughs> you would. You would see dead, white, and blue. Don't anyone who's listening that is copywritten uh, okay. for the MacGyver podcast, circa twenty sixteen. Is there somewhere I can buy tickets already? <laughs> Dead, white, and blue. The 4th of July massacre. It's like the Uncle Sam movie. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, what a terrible movie. I thought it was going to, because it's the same producers as that Jack Frost horror movie, so I thought it was oh, going to okay. be good like that. Because they both have those holographic cover boxes. Yeah, exactly. But, um, yeah, the Uncle Sam one is pretty terrible. They're all terrible. Jack Frost is good, the first one. Yeah, with Michael Heaton. Yeah. Yeah, with Michael Keaton, the one where uh, Michael Keaton plays a dad who gets turned into a snowman and Shannon Elizabeth gets raped by that <laughs> snowman. Oh, wait, I'm confusing the two movies. God, Shannon Elizabeth was in Jack Frost? Yeah. Wow. And she does get raped by a snowman in a shower. Oh. Because he's coming out of the shower and then he refreezes. What? Yeah. It's ridiculous. I mean, do you know the story of Jack Frost? I do not know this movie. Okay. I mean, I know of it, You've but... You've seen the cover box. Mm-hmm. So, there was a guy who was on his way to be executed on, like, Christmas. And then they <laughs> crash into a chemical truck. <laughs> like, the, the truck carrying this criminal ca- crashed into a chemical truck, and then 
he basically melted away into the snow. Okay. So it's and like, then he like reformed. So he's like the senator from X-Men. Yeah, or like yeah, yeah. Sandman yeah. or like all these. Or like Alex Mack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Covered in GC-161. Yeah. But so he freezes up into a snowman and then just starts killing people as a snowman. But there's some really great scenes. This I think my favorite part of that so far is that he was going to be executed on Christmas. I think he was. I think that was the plan. Was that he was gonna, or, or it was around Christmas time. Uh, but, I mean, that's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> His last request was to be executed on Christmas Day. But there's a there's a scene early on in the movie where these kids are playing and, uh, and a kid comes sledding down a hill and then... Uh, they, they build a snowman with the snow where the guy melted, mm-hmm. and then the snowman just pushes the kid over right as the kid's sledding by, and it just cuts his head off oh, the, <laughs> the bottom of the sled. And you just see his head floating through the sky. And then it cuts immediately to the, like the after, the after the crime scene, and the police are just walking around with like one of those freezer bags with a head in it. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, okay, we got to... Close this off, and it's like, really? That's how indiscriminately you just carry it around the scene with the head in the bag? So it's a fun horror film. Anyway, check out Jack Jack Frost, the horror movie, not the Michael Keaton one. The only bad Michael Keaton movie. Yeah, don't don't watch Jack Frost. I tried. I tried to watch it again, and I was like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. I honestly... That, I think that is the only bad Michael Keaton movie that I can think of. Like, even Herbie, Herbie Fully Loaded is has funny parts in it. Yeah. Because Thomas Lennon wrote it, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, really? I, actually, I did not know that. Yeah. That he wrote that. Yeah. He is a funny guy. I like him. Uh, so, MacGyver heads down to the theater, which, of course, is where Kelly said she was going to go. Right. Uh, but, uh, and I guess MacGyver finds a back way inside, because Kelly left it open. Um. She leaps out from a curtain with a fake gun, uh, but of course MacGyver explains. And then she's like, "Oh, it's just a rubber gun," and yeah. shakes it. Uh, but then uh, Bobby Lee uh, comes out with a real gun. Yeah. And uh, he's not planning on killing Kelly because he actually genuinely actually likes her. Yeah. Um, and he says he's willing to let MacGyver live, or at uh, least he's claiming that he likes yeah. her so much that he's not going to kill her. And he also is claiming that he's going to let MacGyver live if he yeah. cooperates. Uh, so, uh, uh, basically he pulls a, uh, what was that? It was Holy Rose, right? Where they strap MacGyver to the yeah. table and like they, he starts a, a timing like a timed execution. Um, I also didn't mean, we, I, I skipped over a part. I'm sorry. Oh, sure. Um, because Sergeant Rudley had made contact or Lee had made contact with the meter maid and she, he called into Kelly's house, uh, where mama Lorraine was yeah and mama lorraine took the note about the theater and oh, right. got punched in the face by bobby she lee couldn't remember just the name of the theater where yeah. the lady works so she wrote it down mm-hmm. and she got punched in the face by bobby lee that's how bobby lee got to the theater right and it's kind of like the scene from the wall where there's no way she didn't see bobby lee standing in the in the kitchen already yeah just wheeling up to punch her um so at this point, Mel has found Mama Lorraine, wakes her up, and she tells him about the theater. So now we're now we have MacGyver on the yeah. rack, uh, and he's like he's like fully tightened down, and uh, he leaves with Kelly and starts a a rope on fire that's holding up a, a series of lights right above the rack and right. MacGyver. Um, he he uses a book. He just like lets a whole book of matches. Uh, be the fuse. He let yeah. the whole thing burn. 
So and this is the second time that MacGyver's been strapped down to a table with something above him. Yeah, on a timer. Hanging, threatening to chop him in half, although this time he's going to be bisected from <laughs> vertically instead of horizontally. Yeah, which is actually much more efficient. Yeah. And be a lot more torturous uh, for men. <laughs> well, it'd be nicer to get your face smashed than to be slowly chopped in half at the at the waist. Yeah. Um, so MacGyver tries to reach for a couple of things. There's the ratchet uh, that would release the the racks restraints is right there, but he can't quite reach it. Um, but he is able to reach a fake skeleton. Right. Um, which, if you'll recall, the last time he was in this position, he used a fake human head. Yeah. He was using um, a fake skeleton. He also had taken off his shoes and used it to make an amazing throw. Yeah. Which we will get again in yep. a later episode. But uh, um, is that actually next week episode? Next episode? Uh, but, uh, could be. I, yeah, I think so. Um, uh, so he uses the skeleton hand to pull the ratchet lever for him and uh, – releases the restraints enough for him to dive out of the way and out of the way of the collapsing lights. Yeah. Of course, this is when Mel and Mama Lorraine arrive just in time to not be useful. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, I don't even know why they came here because they don't have a purpose from, from the, from the, uh, I mean, yeah, because he's already safe. He's already safe. And the next, the next part of his plan, he doesn't need them yet. I don't know. Yeah. Um, MacGyver finds the book of matches, and he, he somehow is able to tell from this, from the front side, that on the other side there is metallic print. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe he caught the glimpse of it when he lit them on fire. Yeah. Um, and he says he'll be able to read it if he can. Uh, flip it over yeah. which, which you can't because it's burnt so he takes a candle and burns it and lets the wax kind of like coat the paper and then is able to flip it over yeah and then see that it's for a local diner which is uh, also on motel row so there's tons of motels yeah so it's and i guess uh i guess mel goes somewhere else because it's just macgyver and mama lorraine yeah who go to the them. diner yeah. Uh, and, uh, so at the, uh, sorry, I keep, I keep reading ahead and not coming back to where I'm at, where I'm going. So at Bobby Lee's hotel, because he kidnapped Kelly, right? he's got her tied up and Willie is kind of like, dude, you know, this guy's just, pl- she's just playing you. Well, she's just going to run away and call the police on you. It's like, and Bobby Lee is basically like, I have a feeling that she's going to. So if she's really into me, she'll stick around. If she's not, she'll try to run away. Yeah. If she tries to run away, kill her. Kill her. That's the deal. Yeah. So Bobby Lee heads off to his kill, to his next target, Victor Nesbitt. Yeah. He's got stuff in place. He's got to get going. So uh, Willie pretends to start shaving and keeping an eye on Kelly while Kelly starts slipping out of her, her ropes. This is where Mama Lorraine and MacGyver start kind of checking out the motels near nearby. Yeah. And they uh, – they see that uh, one of the trucks parked in front of this motel is Texas Plates. So they immediately assume that this has to be the hitman. Because what are the chances there's another car from a very popular state in um, this area? 
in a very touristy area. Yeah. So uh, Mama Lorraine looks into the uh, cab of the truck, and there's like dream catchers and rabbit's feet and four-leaf clovers and all this stuff hanging from the, the mirror. And so, so this, she's like, this guy's really superstitious. Um, and MacGyver peeks in through the window of the motel and sees Kelly in there. Now, I feel really they could have called the police. And yep. th- th- that would have been the smart move at this point. Because isn't but MacGyver... It, have, it all... wouldn't have been the television move. But yeah, isn't he Mac... always tells everyone, just call, call the police. Just call the police. Um, this guy, Willie, is not like the type to shoot it out. Um, he might take Kelly hostage, but I don't think he's smart enough to get away with this. Yeah. But I guess they don't know that. So, uh, MacGyver comes up with a plan to have Mama Lorraine pose as housekeeping. Yeah. And just barge into the room. Uh, meanwhile, Kelly has tried to sneak away, and that's when Willie goes, ah, uh, I figured this would happen, so now I'm going to take you somewhere and kill you. This is, again, as Mama Lorraine bursts in as housekeeping. Yeah. So she's uh, yelling at Willie because she didn't put the do not disturb sign out. Yeah. Like, if you didn't want to be disturbed, you should have put the do not disturb sign out. Yeah, I don't have to take this kind of abuse. Um, I, I have this great note called Random Cat. <laughs> oh, yeah, when she opens the door and it just walks by outside. Yeah, I saw a that. cat walking around outside. I was like, huh, I don't think I've ever... ever Seen that before. Yeah. It was uh, just a cat on set that day. Yeah. Um, someone was probably feeding it. Yeah. Uh, so as Mama starts to, to leave, uh, she... Maybe that cat want to walk on roll in like a, a bag contest. of friskies. <laughs> Look what I won. I'm a cat. I don't know. Yeah. That's, uh, that's what I would say. Uh Mama Lorraine decides to leave, but she's leaving the cart. And, and he's like, hey, you forgot your cart. And then suddenly a pair of legs just <laughs> shoot up out of the top of it. I don't know how MacGyver could even see to aim if he was covered in towels. Yeah. Um, and how he could get that much force. But he just basically uppercuts him with his feet. Yeah. Um, probably would have shattered his jaw or yeah. at least a couple of teeth. Um, shattered jaw. Shattered jaw. Um, it was a very great... great a Nintendo game called Shatterhand. Yeah. I keep trying to find a cartridge of it, but it's really expensive. There's a great cartoon called Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw. It's not that great. <laughs> it's, a, it's a cartoon about a, sh- a shark that's in a band, but the shark is basically Curly from the Three Studios. Yeah, it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. Yeah. Basically, it's Josie and the Pussycats and Scooby-Doo and the Mystery Gang yeah. combined underwater. Yeah. And uh, then the shark is, the, is three different impressions it's like rodney dangerfield meets curly meets somebody else yeah um they did a harvey birdman about one of the songs that they played oh yeah in jabberjaw and because it was they they i guess Hanna barbera reused the song for another music band band show and it was a copyright infringement case oh that's funny so with willie willie down and uh kelly rescued we cut to victor nesbitt Checking into his hotel. Right. Um, this is a very unusual hotel, but it's a hotel type that I've been in before. So with a big open lobby. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a huge open lobby with foliage and rivers and creeks and stuff inside. Yeah. And all the hotel rooms are like face a, right out onto the lobby. yeah face out into the lobby, and then there's like a like a like a greenhouse roof. 
Yeah. Uh, I went to an embassy suites like that uh, yeah. for a wedding up north in the Northern California. But let me tell you, it smelled so bad I'm sure. in that room because it's a stagnant water. And, you yeah. can't get – there's no fresh air being circulated. Um, that was also the first time I ever saw um, uh, a hydraulic elevator. Oh, interesting. Like it, it was it was this and then that episode of MacGyver. I was like, oh, wow, there's another yeah. one. Because I didn't understand the concept of how far deep you have to go for this thing to work. It doesn't yeah. make any sense. It doesn't seem as efficient <laughs> that you have to dig like – a three-story hole down. I don't think that's how they work. It has to. It's because it's, it's a piston. So. It's a giant piston. I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> I think the, the elevator climbs the pole. I don't think the pole moves up and down. It climbs the pole? No, I think it that doesn't make any sense. There'd be a hole in the middle of the elevator. There is. There's a pole through the middle. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um... But anyway, uh, yeah, so that, I, I, I thought I, – I just had a lot of bad memories of that hotel yeah. and just the smell. Because, like, that's also where, the, like, the, you ate your continental breakfast. And it was like, God, this place smells like an old pool. Yeah. Um, the actor playing Victor Nesbitt here is Wayne Duvall, mm-hmm. who is Robert Duvall's cousin. Um, but he has a lot of credits. But, yeah. Um, the few that I wrote down here were um, – he's probably most recognizable as the LEM controller from uh, Apollo 13. Okay. Who, uh, outside of of Clint Howard is probably the most recognizable person in that right, right, all right. the time. Um, I, but he's also Homer Stokes. Yeah, that was that was my, that yeah. was my credit. He was the the political rival of uh, Papio Daniel, uh, yeah. and who also ended up being a uh, clan leader, the, yeah. the Grand High Master, Wizard, or whatever they call those yeah. jerks. Um, <laughs> Grand Wizard Dragon, whatever. <laughs> a bunch of D and D weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, he also played Warden Poon on Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, yeah, I, I, I did see that credit too. I was good. I was hesitant to bring it up, but um, uh, uh, I think I remember that that cause there's a couple different prison episodes of yeah. Airbender, which sounds weird, uh, but uh, they get thrown in prison a lot because they're fugitives, right? Yeah, they are. Like like you do. It's a really great show, and even Legend of Korra is really, really cool, um, uh, although it kind of ends in a slightly unsatisfactory way. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I get, I get on about it, but I, I really like those shows. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so Victor Nesbitt heads to his room, and Bobby Lee uh, is getting into his position on some very conspicuous scaffolding. Did he, like steal this like a job from somebody or did he is this part of his cover that he's like maintaining the shrubberies it, it seems very suspicious that if he like if he just got onto the scaffolding and no one was like hey do you work here do you yeah, work yeah. On, like there's no other maintenance guys and you don't seem to be doing anything yeah uh so he climbed the whole way up there yeah and he's ready to shoot people from up there. yeah He's got like a very, very small gun with a very intense laser. Yeah. Uh, so, meanwhile, Kelly uh, and starts trying to question Willie by dumping water on his face first yeah. to wake him up. Um, but uh, when uh, MacGyver notices the rabbit's foot, he he steals it and gives it to Mama Lorraine and says, uh, "You know what, Mama? I think you should take this." Yeah. And and. And uh, and she goes, "Are you sure? Like, like, 
like you're willing to like to cross this road and yeah, Willie's yeah, like yeah. starting to freak out. So Mama Lorraine starts putting on a a, a voodoo act. She like rolls her eyes back in her head. And yeah. Starts... Uh she she somehow puts something black on her tongue uh and she starts like shaking a uh what do they call maraca kind of thing at her. Yeah. And and so Willie is just totally flipping out and he's like okay, I'll okay, tell and he gives up everything. Yeah. Um and uh once again Mac uh, and of course like Mama Lorraine like says, "Ah, gotcha." She doesn't really believe in that aspect that of the voodoo. Yeah. She says she she refers to what that was was Saturday morning cartoon voodoo. Yeah. Like says, voodoo is a religion. You're not this isn't this is what what people think it is. Yeah. Um so uh but again, once again, instead of calling the police, MacGyver says, "I'm going to head to the hotel myself." Instead of saying Put Victor Nesbitt in protective custody. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mac gets to the hotel, and Kelly, oh my god. I just wanted to smack her, because it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. I just thought I'd come along with you. She comes along, and she's screaming his name yeah. in this huge open lobby, which is nothing but an echo chamber. Yeah. MacGyver! MacGyver, it's me, Kelly. And Bobby Lee, of course, hears it and goes, what the heck are they doing? Yeah. And then suddenly there's a laser on her chest. Yeah, no, it's on her throat. Yeah. He was aiming for the throat. I was like, yeah, that's probably yeah. that's probably a better kill shot than a chest. Yeah. Uh, because, man, you are just going to die. Definitely going to get her to, to stop saying MacGyver so loud. Yeah. Um, and, of course, MacGyver tackles her out of the way when he sees the, the laser light. Um, and then much like in, um, t- uh, in tough boys, MacGyver just keeps running into the line of fire to try to put some kind of elaborate plan together again with a fire hose too, mind yeah. you, uh, where he wraps the fire hose around the scaffolding and then has Kelly run out into fire to turn yeah. on the water. Um, I think MacGyver could have just knocked the scaffolding over from underneath it. I think I think that he could have just started wobbling it, yeah. and that would have been enough. Uh, but he uses the fire hose. Once it fills up with water, it constricts and collapses the bottom of the scaffolding. But we do get a really amazing stunt inside the this whole, hotel. The whole thing falling over. Yeah, I mean, because that's really happening inside this hotel. Yeah. That they knock over an entire scaffolding. Um, but, of course, Bobby Lee jumps off and lands on a table at the last minute rather than being crushed by the yeah. scaffolding. But he survives yeah. without any foreseeable broken bones. Yeah. And, of course, Victor Nesbitt sees nothing. Yeah. Sees nothing, hears nothing, uh, and walks off on his own. Uh, so uh, the Act 5 roundup is Mac, Mel, and Kelly talking about Willie getting a reduced sentence. Yeah. Because he's going to turn on Bobby Lee. And I'm all, a reduced murder sentence? Yeah, he did, uh, he did kill that lady. He killed Molly. <laughs> he admitted to killing Molly. He says, yeah. I'm going to take you to the same place where I killed your friend. It's like, yeah. Um, Maybe it was reduced from like three lifetimes to one lifetime. Well, yeah. I was like, what is happening? Um, uh, MacGyver comes to check out his new apartment, and there's a gigantic mur- mural of a bikini girl on the wall. And that's where we're finally introduced to the long talked about robo. Played it was Sean Wayans. Sean Wayans. 
and I, I'm always amazed how exactly alike and sound alike that the Wayans brothers are. Yeah, that's funny. Like, because like I watch a lot of New Girl, um, and uh, oh, he sounds a lot like Coach. Yeah, um, I was like, oh man, he sounds exactly like yeah, Coach. This is Coach's uncle. Um, Coach's uncle Sean. Uh, and uh, uh, yeah, so like Sean Wayans. Is like hamming up this like street artist who's but who's also got like messages that he's trying. He's not just like doing graffiti. He's like because uh, that's what he was caught for. Yeah, he was like caught for doing graffiti, and now yeah. he's like his community services painting murals. Yeah, uh, and uh, honestly, as soon as he showed up, I started to think that this might be like the sort of inspiration for the Will Bozer on the reboot. Yeah, totally. Because they share the housing situation and. And it just seemed like that kind of a character already. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so. And that's when also a welcoming party of the neighbors and Mama Lorraine and Kelly. Yeah, they, they have uh, like a potluck funeral yeah. party. Yeah, a funeral party. Uh, it's kind of creepy and sad. Yeah. And she happy. walks in and she says, oh, we're here celebrating, you know, Kelly's life and Molly's death and, and your, your arrival. Your arrival. Mm -hmm. So let's all have a big party. Um, and. Uh, MacGyver Robo says, "Hey man, I I know I did this painting thing, but you know if you want me to get rid of it, I understand." It's like MacGyver's like, "No, no, keep it for a while. I'll get used to it." Yeah. Um, which is like the the running gag of the episode of Mel saying, "Oh, you'll get used to it. Things yeah, however yeah. around here." Um, I actually did kind of like that genuine moment from Robo after his big speech about the painting. He's like, "Hey man, I just did this because you know." I thought it would yeah. be cool, but I totally This is how it. I'm introducing myself to you, but if you want this to be a white wall, I'll come back and paint it over yeah. tomorrow. Um, yeah, that's the end of the, uh, that's the end of this episode. Yeah. Um, not many, I guess like the only real MacGyverism was him doing the, the matchbook. Like he escaped yeah. from the rack, but that was just like just grabbing something and yeah. throwing it around. No, I agree. The matchbook is probably the only like repurposing of another item to, uh, get out of a situation. Um, I guess what the point of this was to introduce him to the new characters, the new location. Um, he got involved in a in a murder plot. That's great. But mostly it was just, this is my new landlord. Um, we've only ever had one landlord before. And she was only in a couple episodes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and like, these are my new neighbors. These are my new friends. These are, this is a new cast. Yeah. These these are the people that you're gonna have to get used to for the next couple of episodes because this season isn't gonna be very long. Yeah. Um, it honestly seems like when they were putting together the new MacGyver show that they might have only watched the last season of the show. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because all the, you know obviously these writers and directors are familiar. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad episode. It's just uh, not a great one. It's not a great one either. It. It, it just again, it's just an introduction, I guess, to to this new way of living, and I tell you, I don't remember much about this season. Apparently, like as I'm going through, like I remember aspects of it. I remember Mama Lorraine because I remember I mostly remember the Walking Dead episode that comes right. up later. Yeah. Um, but I thought MacGyver was living in a different place. I don't recall this house. Yeah. Um, I don't remember this at all. Yeah. Uh, and um. And I can't remember. Was he driving? He's driving his jeep, I think, in the next episode. I don't right. think. I don't. I don't think we see him drive anywhere in this episode. He's just at locations. Just in the moving truck. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's just at locations. Um, uh, so like, we'll we'll get his trademark jeep back, and then 
randomly the Nomad back in another episode, which I think was shot up in Vancouver again. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. But we'll, we'll get to that when, when we happen. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's really not much to say about it because it, it all wraps up nicely with a few... We, we don't know what happens to the Noxes. Yeah. Um, I kind of would have liked to know what happens to those, those guys. Those guys that uh, intend to kill someone and have hired various hitmen to do the yeah. job. Uh, uh, but uh, I guess it's not, that's not necessary for us to yeah. know. I did notice, though, uh, just an interesting credit. Uh, James Ingersoll, who played one of the Knox brothers, um, would later go on to play a security guard on the Wayans Brothers TV show. Oh, okay. So it's just <laughs> funny that, like... He crosses over. Yeah, Sean was was an incidental character in an episode with with him playing a pair of brothers, and then he was an incidental character on a show with Sean playing a part of a set of brothers. Brothers. But on the Wayne's Brothers show was his actual brother. Yeah. Because that was Sean and Marlon. How many Wayans are there total? Sean, Marlon, and Damon, right? No, there's Sean, Mar- Marlon, Damon, Keenan Ivory, Kim... I think those are the five siblings. Keenan Ivory started in Living Color, mm-hmm. and Sean, Marlon, Damon, and Kim were all players on that show with Keenan Ivory. And then Keenan Ivory had his own talk show for a while that was actually pretty funny. No, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I'm not familiar. Yeah, it was a good show. Uh, I, I have to. I have to admit, I'm not overly familiar with. I I know their mo- some of their movies, things like you know, uh, Don't Be Menace. Yeah, Money. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, my, I would have to say most of my experience is from New Girl, which is like I know it's like the most recent thing, and it's not even like the, Has, the more famous of the Wayans. I know um, on that show that Kim Wayans has been on there before. Mm. I think – I want to say she's like dating one of their moms. Like one of their moms is in a lesbian relationship with Kim Wayans. Um, I don't know if it's Schmidt's mom is dating a woman. I, I think that's what it is. I can't remember. No, Schmidt's mom. It's either Nick's. Oh, no, yeah. Schmidt's mom is gay. And cause she, but she she thinks Nick's always hitting on her. Yeah. Um, cause, um, so I think Schmidt's mom is actually dating Kim Wayans. Okay. Because I, I just remember, because I was doing the dailies for that show, and I just remember watching that episode and thinking it was funny because uh, Kim Wayans was on the set as... Mm-hmm. Like Schmidt's mom's girlfriend, but also Damon Wayans Jr.'s on. So that's his aunt. Yeah, yeah. It's just funny that she was on the show. Um, I uh, I'm a season behind because I, I watch them on Netflix. So that that must because I oh maybe, I, maybe that is a spoiler then I don't know. <laughs> no, well it's a spoiler for me, but it doesn't matter because it's it's airing now. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I only just met Schmidt's Schmidt's mom. Yeah. Uh, in this past season. That's a good show though. I really really like New Girl, and I it's, should. It's well written, but it's also really well improvised like, yeah um i love jake johnson yeah and actually I, I i really love everybody in it like they all have their own quirks i i really winston changed into the in kind of a weird way yeah, yeah, yeah. from when he started on the show which i think was an improvement actually on the yeah character. It, his character is much more eccentric and kind of like I reclusive. Think him, him and jake make me laugh the most yeah like, just in terms of like even like the behind the scenes dailies and stuff mm-hmm. like the, the two of them joking around, like you can tell they're legit best friends. Yeah. If, if you, I, I probably have mentioned it to you. The, um, the, uh, uh, the one in five getting eaten by a bear sketch. 
or it's Jake Johnson. <laughs> it's Jake Johnson. It's Lamar, and it's uh, Rob Riggle, and it's two other uh, two other guys. I can't remember, but um, it's a college humor thing. It's like they're all in the basement, like in a, some, one of their basements, like drinking and having a good time. And Rob yeah. Riggle goes up the stairs, and there's a bear in the kitchen. It's like there's a bear in your kitchen, Jake. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. Don't, but don't worry. Uh, he, he statistically bears only one in five people. It's like what? There's there are six of us here. It's like, it's like yeah, you know, but it's it's a statistic. It's so, not like a guaranteed yeah, it's not thing. Automatically. And the uh, yeah, and the bear keeps coming in. It's like, well, is it dangerous? Yeah, it's a bear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it goes to this whole thing about like Jake doesn't want to acknowledge that there's a problem. It's like yeah. one in five, Jake. That affects everyone. It's twenty percent of us. Twenty percent? No, it's one in five. That's twenty percent. No, it's not. You math nerd. Look at this guy. <laughs> um, but it ends up being a PSA about um, women being sexually harassed in the workplace. Oh, okay. So it's worth watching because it's like, and, and like the bears finally breaking breaking in. They're all screaming because Jake's like, I don't want to deal with this problem. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of that the Louis C.K. bit where he's just talking about like um, how. It's like it, it's kind of the same the same PSA, and he's also using bears. It's like um, for women, it's it's kind of like if you were a guy and you had to go out with a bear, and you were just like, I hope this is one of the good ones. <laughs> but yeah, it's a yeah. if I can find that uh, that bit, I'll put it up on yeah. the show notes too. It's funny. Yeah, the, I'll put both of those. Up. Yeah, the, the the Jake Johnson one is also really good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so that's we talked a lot about MacGyver just now. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how we got onto that tangent. Um, but thanks for watching The Hood. <laughs> thanks for watching The Hood. And uh, if you have any thoughts on this episode, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 7, Episode 3, Obsessed. Yeah. The last yeah. episode. But but still a decent one. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. I'll talk about a change that I would have made to the end of it. Ooh, I can't wait to hear it. Alright. Thank you for listening. Thanks. Thanks.